0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Tavern Hunter podcast. Today on the show, I'm joined by Takuma Okada. Takuma Okada is a musician and game designer, perhaps best known for their work on Alone Among the Stars. Takuma, thanks so much for joining me. Uh, and thank you for having me, Derek. Of course. I'm happy to be here. All right. <laughs> so uh, I'm very interested in kind of your 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 background, your kind of your design process, and, and many of your games are, are quite minimal and require just a few dice and standard playing cards. Many are also solo games. So what, what prompted you to start designing games in general, and then especially these minimalist uh, type games?
1: So um, my background is kind of, I played a little bit of d d in like sixth grade, and then didn't for a while and then did again in college and then was, like, having a weird time with it. And then I found uh, a really good actual play podcast, Friends of the Table, um, and listening to, like, them play PBTA games and, like, make games of their own. And um, that kind of got me inspired to, to write my own games, like, Little Games. Um, Conches and Cameras was the first one that I wrote. Um, and that's drawn pretty directly from uh, Improv. Um, especially, like, long-form improv and, like, dramatic improv more than comedic improv. Um, I took it in high school and then was in an improv group, um, kind of doing a drop-in thing after in college. And a lot of the, like, exercises and short games and things um, that you do in improv, especially for dramatic stuff, really stuck with me. And I am someone who struggles a lot with, like, role-playing in-character, actually, (laughs) Um, and those improv games gave me things to work with that made it easier to play a character like on the spot. Right? right. Um, and I wanted to write games that kind of gave players those kinds of tools to, to let them role play easier, to come up with stories easier. Um, and I mean, improv games are really simple a lot of the time and, I, I I like to stick with that like something you can keep in your head something that's easy to understand, um, and jump like right into it.
0: Right, kind of kind of bringing those barriers down. That makes sense. So Stewpot is your game about running a tavern as retired adventurers, and the fantasy tavern as as much as we all love it, it's it's common and almost overdone, <laughs> but it's you know it's persistent. So what for you uh, as a designer makes a game in this type of setting worthwhile?
1: um for me it is i love like slice of life stories um and i feel like tavern stories in general i mean i do think they have value in all sorts of different forms right like there, there's so many different angles to go at it from um and for me the one i'm interested in is slice of life which i feel like is not <laughs> done as well too often like there isn't a huge focus on you, the people working there and it's it's right. always on the like oh there's an adventuring party here oh there's like a there's a bar fight there's like there's like a showdown down here there's someone spying on you whatever um and combined with um my interest in like what how do we reinterpret adventuring um when so much of it is about like power fantasy and kind right. of like a weird colonialist kind of um hero narrative and thinking about it as a job that is really taxing on you and then you have to retire from it and like what do you do then like what like thinking of it in the way that someone might think of like a, a star athlete you know who mm-hmm. might be able to keep playing into their early 30s if that but then like has to do something else Um and like a lot of those athletes will end up being like coaches or trainers or something right Um and kind of being a place where adventures come to and you're, you're running that and you know what those adventures need. Um, you know what their needs are, um, like physically and mentally and all of that. And kind of having this logical progression in a tavern was really interesting to me and something I, d- I didn't think was really um, done in a lot of other things.
0: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense and like some of your other games stew Pot isn't particularly crunchy or rules heavy it's more about telling stories together um you talked a little bit about your your background with improv so was this your initial design goal with Stewpot? how did the design maybe change over time after its initial conception if it did at all
1: yeah um i started writing it actually for a game jam um, that was inspired by the the show I had gotten to this actual play, Friends of the Table. Um and I had I think I'd been reading a little bit of Dungeon Meshi and I also been like listening to the show and then their first season is like a very standard kind of fantasy um adventures going on a quest, but like has some really cool twists and and different takes on the genre that I really liked and um thinking about that group and thinking about their campaign and like what would come after um they had a second season where they finished the the season with um, a big finale that was in mobile frame zero firebrands by um vincent and mcgay baker um and i would initially like thought of it as like just a very very short like one page game honestly um but listening to them play firebrands as a finale was like oh this could be i could make a game that is like this that could be used for like fantasy games um and it kind of got bigger and bigger after that where i got really interested in writing these mini games um and like fleshing them out a little more as like a bunch of separate games really that stood together on their own but also could be combined to make this whole tavern experience um and that's kind of where the uh minimal crunch and stuff comes in too right because it's like I want these to be storytelling games I want you to just be able to read them and be like oh this makes sense let's let's tell let's tell a story with these parts um and be able to jump into each one um and have it be self-contained and not have to like rely on other rules in a different part of the book like just be able to use the rules for this game on this page for the most part um and yeah that that was really important to me because in the beginning I was kind of designing each mini game separately like not thinking of them as connected as much um and yeah that that's kind of what led it to take it sh- take the shape it's in today
0: yeah I think that's cool I, I like how it's all the different mini games kind of put together I'm, I'm definitely not um I'm not uh, as on point as I should be with other games uh, that are out there in the, the indie world, but I'd I've, I've not seen that before, so I really enjoyed the kind of minigame format. Mm-hmm. Um, let's kind of pivot and talk a little bit more about the, the slice of life games on mass. Um, you talked a little bit about how there's space there to explore some ideas, um, you know, getting away from the, the typical kind of power fantasy of your average RPG. Um so, so talk a little bit more about that. Do you think you know do do you imagine um more that the kind of subgenre of slice of life games uh having something to say in the tabletop world?
1: Yeah, I feel like I've been seeing um more and more games in this kind of subgenre after like the indie boom on Itch and um what's what's some stuff I really like? Um there is this game that is a hack of thousand year old vampire called Magical Year of a Teenage Witch, which is, you know, not entirely slice of life, but because there's a lot of like magic stuff involved um, and about like learning as a witch. But but it is heavily that um, there's like stuff like Cozy Town by um, Jamie, um who is a really great designer and has a lot of other stuff out. Um, there is sam who's working on this game capitalites um which is kind of about like young reckless like 20-somethings kind of slice of life drama like kind of reality tv show kind of drama (laughs) um which is which is really cool um and i think i mean games like this have been around um there there was a game I really was inspired by early on called uh, Clicks and Hums and Sirens and the Sun, um, which is about a party and about a relationship and how that relationship like changes and how these people interact over the course of a party. Um, But I don't know if it's been as like common or as like front and center as it is maybe today with games like Wander Home Mm -hmm. um, which was like a huge hit on Kickstarter Um, J Dragon's other games also like Sleepaway is a horror game but it's also you know about about a summer camp Um, and I'm really excited to see like what kinds of like combinations of slice of life and other genres um, Hmm. there are to explore like slice of life and horror and like slice of life and and fantasy and like urban fantasy. And those are the things that are really interesting to me where it's like taking a a, a genre like sci-fi or fantasy or whatever. And, and, you know, adding another subgenre onto it, exploring like a very small corner of it, or like a very small window and, and focus in, um, I really, really like to get very specific, um, with games. Um, and I'm really excited to see that happen. And I think that there are a lot of people f- um, who are interested in those kinds of games that maybe haven't had as many options before.
0: Yeah, I think so too. And I, we had um, Robert Denton on, who did Tiny Taverns, and he mm-hmm. talked about um, stakes. And he said, you know, don't instead of thinking of slice of life games as low stakes, we can think of them as different stakes. And I wonder if when that idea catches on people will be more keen to explore those kind of smaller, you know, those different spaces instead of worrying about saving the world uh, every single day in their, in their games.
1: Yeah. Yeah, um, It's for me, a lot of the sticks are like emotions and Mm -hmm. and character development and, and internal like character stuff that I feel like can have a little more of a focus. And, like, there's there's a lot more room for nuance and a lot more room for, like, interactions between characters and relationships between characters and getting to explore that more. Like, you, you can do that in, like, a regular fantasy campaign. But I feel like a lot of those mechanics that you see, like, bonds and things and beliefs about other characters can be kind of clunky and it's hard to work with them and they don't always get a huge focus. Um, yeah, I, I really... There's different things that are really cool about slice of life games with um, and, and getting to experience like emotional turmoil like every session or just like kind of um, a lot of it for me is like melancholy, uh, melancholy actually. Well, can't talk
0: um,
1: where kind of um, the stuff that I've been working on with Urban Pastel um where it's kind of a sort of fantastic sort of like magical realism kind of um fabulism um and and those kinds of genres inspired by those kinds of genres where you are you know playing characters in a city where things are happening that are maybe a little strange you know there's urban legends there's stuff that like could be magic you hear that maybe one of these people that lives by you is like a witch maybe Um, And those kinds of settings where there's a lot of influence from um, what we're living through right now with, like, Mm -hmm. capitalism and, like, being a young person in, like, a city or something and working nonstop and and struggling. And at the same time, like, making friends um, and experiencing new things, like, every day and kind of pulled between the sense of wonder and experiencing... Um, really wonderful things and fin- fantastic things, and also like being crushed by capitalism at the same time and trying <laughs> not to be, um, and that kind of thing is is so much more in-
0: impactful to me as like a slice mm-hmm. of life game. Yeah, I'm very curious to see how this subgenre will develop. So I'm glad we have uh, curious designers like you uh, <laughs> t- taking on the charge because that puts me a little bit out of my depth. But, um, one last question before I let you go, if, mm-hmm. if you could, uh, what fantasy tavern, you know, you mentioned the different genres, we can be in space, we can be in an urban setting, wherever you like, what kind of, uh, what fantasy tavern maybe would you like to visit given the opportunity?
1: Oh my God. Um, there, <sighs> There was a game that I played, actually, of, of Stew Pot, where we created a tavern on the back of a giant turtle with a captain's hat, um, the <laughs> captain. And um, I I really love boats. I really love being on the water or by the water. And I love giant giant creatures and people living on the backs of creatures and like yeah. that's that's my ideal tavern i would like to go and be on the giant turtle ta- tavern was,
0: was that the name the, the giant turtle tavern i don't remember
1: the name it's been so long that i've forgotten but I, um, a friend of mine uh Karo, who's also an incredible game designer um was playing with with me and drew this really great picture of this this turtle with the with a tavern on its back and, and the captain's hat and I think maybe a pipe. I don't remember exactly. Oh man. And it's that image has just
0: been burned in my brain forever. Is that on is that online somewhere?
1: Um I I don't know. It might be I'm not entirely okay. sure. I can we'll I can send you a message. Begin. But
0: yeah. <laughs> That's great. So uh, to learn more about their projects, follow Takuma Okada on Twitter, Itch, and SoundCloud, all of which are linked in the notes below. Takuma, thanks so much for being on the show.
1: Yeah, thanks again so much for having me. I had a blast
0: talking about all this. Fellow travelers, this has been the Tavern Hunter podcast. For more on the hunt for great fantasy inns and taverns, including game reviews, books, music, and more, please visit our website at tavernhunter.com. Our music is Traveler's Respite, composed by Michael Elliott. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time on the show.